Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 442. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hello. I'm being updated uh, constantly on Amanda's Chipotle order. Ooh. What, what's the status? Uh, well, first, her order was ready. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whatever. I'm not Amanda. So I deleted it. And then the next one was telling me that they're on their way with the Chipotle. And I said, still not interested. I'm not Amanda. And then now I just got a text of the Chipotle sitting outside of her front door. Mm. That actually happened to me uh, last week, I believe. It was either last week or the week before. Same exact thing where someone ordered some food and they must have put in the wrong phone number. They put in mine. And I was getting the play-by-play. And this one was was interesting, though, because they couldn't find her apartment, so they called oh, me. No. They called oh, me, no. and they're like, Sandra, we're looking for your apartment. Uh, where, where, which which unit are you in? And I'm like, I'm not Sandra. I'm sorry. Like that's, they, She put in the wrong number or something. And the, the delivery driver was just, they didn't know what to do. It was, it was a bad situation. Yeah. I can imagine. And, but it's also weird that this in this day and age that I'm like, it's either A, you know, they gave the wrong number, which ended up being my number, or B, this is somehow a scam. And I don't know how. Like, I don't know how they make this work into a scam, but it must be. Somehow they're trying to get you to buy an NFT. You're not sure how, but it, it somehow flows back to NFTs. I just, I have this feeling if like, if I texted them like, hey, I'm not Amanda, sorry, that that somehow they're going to use that to hack into my phone and that'll, take everything yeah. from me. That'll trigger the NFT if you do yes. that. Yep, that's what it is. You, f- you figured it out. But it's also creepy now that I have a picture of Amanda's front door. I also, yeah, order. when, even though I told them that I'm not this person it's not me. The wrong you have the wrong number. They still sent the picture to me at the end of it. I guess just going through protocol, you know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta follow the steps. Or, or maybe that was just their way of saying like, "Hey, random guy, it's over now. <laughs> this is the end of it. This roller coaster has completed." Uh, This week on the show, we'll be taking a look at We're All Going to the World's Fair, which is going to be coming out this week on VOD. We'll also be going over someone watching on the watch list and this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be extremely helpful. We got a new say by the 90s dropping uh, likely this week. Very likely. I'm almost done with the edit. This month we talk about adventure movies. So we're we're going to be talking about Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, we're going to be talking about Mask of Zorro, Cutthroat Island, and The Three Musketeers, which is the the Disney one with Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen is a musketeer. And guess who else is a musketeer? Oliver Platt. Bet you never thought Oliver Platt would be a musketeer, but he is one. Uh, honestly, I forgot Oliver Platt as a person, let alone an actor. Yep. Oliver Platt. Now you've been who's reminded. The, who's the other musketeer? Is he, you're telling me Oliver Platt 
Charlie Sheen. Yep. Charlie Sheen. Who do you put with those two? Here you go. Kiefer Sutherland. Get the fuck out That's of here. That's and guess what? D'Artagnan is played by none mm. other none other than Chris O'Donnell. Are you <laughs> It's the most ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's almost Chris as O'Donnell. it's almost as ridiculous as as casting Christian Slater in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves who sometimes attempts to put on an accent. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that. It's uh, it's it's something. It's it's definitely something. I think we can get into our review here this week. We're going to be talking about. We're all going to the World's Fair. As I said, this is dropping on VOD. It's Friday. I have a synopsis here. Alone in her attic bedroom, teenager Casey becomes immersed in an online role-playing horror game, wherein she begins to document the changes that may or may not be happening to her. This is written and directed by Jane Schoenbrunn. Uh, Kevin, we'll start it with you. What were your initial impressions of we're all going to the World's Fair? Uh, I didn't really know what to expect with this. I didn't really know a whole lot of it going in. You know, I do remember you vaguely talking about it. I think mm-hmm. back when it played uh, whatever festival it played. M- many. It, of- this this played a lot of festivals. Okay, so one of the ones that it played, you saw it. Yeah. I vaguely remember I, you talking I, about it. And I think you were like... Kind of eh on it. That was. So, uh, I didn't really have expectations, you know, going into it. I was just like, I'll keep an open mind. I'll give, I'll give this a shot. And uh, I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I found it to be very sad in a lot of different ways. It kept switching up the sadness on me. And I found that to be uh, pretty impressive. And... It just everything just felt so uncomfortable for me mm. and just unsettling in a way that I think the biggest conclusion that I came to while watching it is that me and you and people our age really grew up at the right time, just the absolute right time. Yeah, I think there for the internet and like the early stages of the before it became ubiquitous and then. There wasn't smartphones where everyone had, you know, all these apps and recording devices and all, you know, all these things. Like we got to have like a decent Internet that you could help out with. You know, you could find the information that you need to find. It was fun. And you kind of grew up with it. But by the time it got to what it is now, we're well well past that, you know, because I can't imagine being a teenager with this now. No, and and I I honestly like think that if I was a teenager growing up with the internet now, I I'm afraid that I would be lost to it, you know, similar to Casey here. Like, I think that I would probably be very similar to to Casey in how just obsessed and, and like just lost in the internet she becomes, you know, where, where it just consumes her life. Yeah. And, and, and that's how it is with a lot of people. Um, I mean, for me, it's like borderline. Like I'm almost I, for first, like there, there's times where it, it kind of consumes me too, but not to the same degree, you know? And I think that that does have to do with, with our age, like being, yeah, you just being you don't millennials have, with it. And you just don't have the free time. 
that a teenager yeah. has. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if I had that free time, that, like, yeah, that would be scary. I One of the things that... And to to be clear, like, I still... rewatching this, uh, so this is my second time seeing this now. Um, f- first of all, I... I still enjoyed it the second time around. I still have the fame, the same feelings that I had the, f- the first time around where I'm thinking like, I liked it. I think that it is a, a, a decently made film, but I still come away with it feeling a bit meh. Um, and I think that that just has to do with the, the pacing of it. And I feel like it doesn't really conclude in, a way that I, th- I, I just, I wish it was a little bit more exciting. There's, I feel like the, the big thing with this movie is that there are several factors that, um, I really like about it. The realism aspect of it. I feel there's something about this movie that feels very real to me. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. just the, the way that it's shot, you know, that you have these like kind of dreary, like middle America type towns, I love all of the like B-roll, the establishing shots, all of that stuff. Any movie that takes place in these like kind of depressing towns, like ba- basically where we grew up. I, yeah. I, I'm is like, this, is this like <laughs> Route 30? Is that yeah. Route 30? I'm like instantly, it instantly gets bonus points for me because it feels like very kind of docu-fiction-esque. Uh, the other thing is I, I like movies that that explore the world of internet uh like ARGs and creepy pasta and that type of thing because i find all of that stuff to be very fascinating but when i compare a movie like this to an actual ARG or um an analog horror series for instance that that you can find in the corners of the internet um a lot of those analog horror stories and pieces of media, I think are inherently more fascinating than this where, uh, where I think that this is a, a kind of an interesting character study on people who become totally obsessed and immersed into those things. I think that those things are inherently more interesting if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that that was, and I don't know if that was part of it for me where I didn't really, I didn't really know what this was going to be. And I really didn't have an expectation of what it was going to be. And I certainly didn't know that this was like a quote unquote horror movie going into it. And I never got that vibe from it. And, uh, I, and I, yeah. And I think that, of like the unsettling nature of it all. And I think that that's another thing is that like when I went into this for the first time, I went in with the ex- expectation of a horror movie. And while there are certain elements of it and you could easily like this, this definitely is classified as a horror movie. It's not, it's not really like, it's not yeah. really there. No, like, just, there's certain moments, but you know, it's just more of like a, an existential horror of reality. Which is, you know, far more horrifying than some dude with a mask that stabs people. Yeah, I think that... Because like that, you're like, oh, I could just run away from the mask guy if he comes. Oh, yeah. But the internet's fucking everywhere. Yeah. Like, I know about... It, I mean, we're connected so much that I know about Amanda's Chipotle. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, if you've... 
if you showed me the outside of her house, I'd be like, that's Amanda's apartment. Oh, yeah, there's Amanda's there's Amanda's house. Nice. Yeah, and I and I think that that's kind of the I think that the, that's what I like the most about this movie is that it does give you that kind of unsettling yeah unnerving like vibe because you can just see this person this this young woman just losing herself because of this this whole thing and then even the way that it kind of flips it at the end i thought was really interesting because you do seem like okay she's losing it you know the, the 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 blurring lines that you you like to get in in films a lot these days of the rate, you know, reality and all that. So, but then to kind of flip it at the end where you're like, oh yeah, she's a teenager. Like it's, it's tough with them because you don't know it. Like with the, the older, the older person that's, you know, like the, the co-star or whatever you want to say mm-hmm. is where he's like concerned. And of course the age difference. So there's this level of like concern on his end. And then, with teenagers, it's tough to tell if like you should be concerned for them or you should be concerned of them, of, you know, of what they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Because it's it seems like they need to be protected, but at the same time, it's like, oh no, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, very difficult to pin down. And that, and that's that's the thing is once the lines become blurred between what is the game and what is real and. You know, is she is she just playing along in this, or is something really happening to her? Yeah, and, and but and then also the whole time. I mean, from the moment that you meet the guy, JLB, yeah. you're questioning his motives too, because yeah, because I, I think that's also a nice uh, like a representation of you know how like our parents were con- so concerned about like us playing Mortal Kombat and stuff, and like oh you you know if you do, you do these things you're gonna you're playing these games and stuff, you're going to end up doing them in real life. And of course, us as kids is like, that's just weird. Like that's, I know not to throw like a, a spear attached to a rope through someone's chest and then pull them over. I know not to do that. But then you see nowadays where those same parents are on the internet and they're the ones getting hoodwinked into everything. (laughs) Essentially becoming what they're afraid of. Yeah. It's just like, oh boy, this is messy. Every, the internet just made everything really messy. Yep. Yes, it did. But I, I don't think that there's too many, you know, there's there's some movies like this, like Slender Man type movies and stuff like that that attempt to adapt creepypasta over into movies. But I don't think any anything has really done it successfully. And I, I do like the way that this sort of explored that kind of ARG, like those big kind of horror mysteries that that you see pop up on the internet. So I like that, but again, I'll just reiterate, like, I think that a lot of them are more fascinating. Like, uh, Oh man, have you seen any of the analog horror stuff that's, that floats around? Yeah. I have no idea what this is referencing which is like oh it's a you know online horror thing like i I don't all this terminology means nothing to me there's uh what is 
one of the most interesting analog horror uh, stories that I've ever seen is the mystery flesh at the flesh pit national park where there was supposedly this uh, strange, it was a flesh pit. It was like a giant cavern made of flesh. And there was this whole like crazy story like behind the the mystery the flesh pit I mean, it, it was it was wild but i kind of that might have been my favorite one but there there's a lot of analog car stuff that's really cool out there i see and if i was a teenager like if we were still in high school and you told me about this like hey i was on the internet last night and i found out about this flesh pit i would probably spend the majority of that night just googling the flesh pit but now you know now as an older man you tell me that i'm like there's no way i'm typing that into my internet browser that's not happening i can't i, I don't need that on my computer <laughs> you don't want to look at I just you know i'm gonna start getting like weird ass ads for flesh stuff and pits there was a apparently there was even like a coke a coke uh flavor that they that they pulled from the the liquids that were in the the flesh pit mm-hmm. it was yeah. called it was called coke heartthrob even like talking about it i'm probably still going to get the ads oh yeah no you mentioned it out loud so yeah okay. you you yeah. will you will definitely get the ads so, yeah um i but i think i, I don't send me a pic <laughs> <laughs> I just sent Kevin a picture, an ad for the Coke heartthrob that, that is from the flesh pit. The, the thing, the thing that I like about those is that it is sort of like a game where you want to uncover the mysteries. There's like different websites that have information. There's like different social media accounts that have clues. There's YouTube videos and stuff like that. And like you, I would love to dive into some of these, but I just don't have the time to do it. So fortunately there's a lot of like videos and stuff like YouTube videos where they basically just do all the work for you. And they just kind of break down the story and summarize it. And obviously that's not, that's not as fun than uncovering the mystery yourself, but (laughs) which is fun because they, they, it brings me to another thing where I have like my own mysteries, my own adult homeowner mysteries that I have to Google. Like, where do you buy just like scrap drywall? Like, I don't need a whole board of drywall. I just need like a two inch by mm. five inch piece of drywall. Yeah. Like, where do little, you get that? Like a little Where's patch. that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those, uh, are I, my, those are my mysteries that I'm running down. I, uh, yeah. I also have dumb little homeowner mysteries that, I need to solve that are that are much more boring than the mystery flesh pit for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Anyway, uh, I yeah, I, I think that we're all going to the World's Fair is it's an interesting concept. It just didn't quite hit all the right notes for me. Like I think that it has so much going for it, but ultimately, I just 
didn't think that the the narrative was really there. I, I just I, I guess I just wanted more out of it. Yeah. And I yeah. think that ultimately I was just disappoint disappointed in the overall plot. But I think that the I think that the, the director is uh, has a lot of promise and I liked where this was going. I liked how it was shot. I loved the 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 look of it, the kind of grungy webcam just you know shot on iphone type of look uh felt very authentic and i liked uh um anna cobb's performance i thought was was quite good as well so yeah i mean i don't know i think it's for me it's like a light recommend but i think you have to go into it knowing that this isn't gonna be a a horror movie in in uh, like a conventional horror movie. Yeah, yeah, and I could see being disappointed by it with that. If you go in like with that expectation, yeah, I I, I will give it props that it got me it got me thinking about a lot of things. So it did spark a lot of thoughts in my mind. So I got to give it props for that. And it it seems like it's um like deceptively dense in that regard. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a really dense movie, but once you could like start thinking about things and really get like, it can take up your day. I I, thinking about the internet and yeah, I completely agree. And I will say that upon a rewatch, I definitely got more out of it than the first time I saw it because the first time I saw it, I was just not, I was not engaged. Like, I was just like, okay, when is when is something going to happen? Like, wh- where are we going with this? Like, I just was waiting for something to happen. Whereas when I rewatched it this go round, I already knew how it played out, so I was able to sort of examine all of the individual pieces of it, and I think that yeah. I came away appreciating it more for that. So there you have it. That's uh, we're all going to the world's fair. You can check it out on VOD this, this week. Kevin, what are you going to give it out of 10? I didn't give it, I think like a seven. Nice. I'm sitting at a uh, six and a half for me on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Let's go ahead and talk about some of what we've been watching. I believe Kevin, I think it's your turn this week. We had a couple weeks off, so I don't know whose turn it is, but we'll say you. Say me. I watched a bunch of stuff. I might not talk about all of it, or I'll be somewhat brief. But to tie into the whole like Slender Man thing that we were kind of talking about, I finally watched The Empty Man. David mm. Pryor's The Empty Man. And uh, I got to say, I was pretty excited to watch this, and I've been excited to finally get around to this for quite some time. And man, it did not disappoint. I I really like this movie. It, this it's is, a surprise, is isn't stuff. it? Yeah. It, it, it is it's, definitely a surprise. It's so good. And like that opening sequence of it the like that prologue or whatever uh was just really odd because like i knew about it i knew that there was this long opening that was kind of different than the the bulk of the movie you know so i'm like i told my wife that oh it's like a police procedural type thing like an investigation type kind of thing she's like okay so we start and you know it's like bhutan and she's like what are you sure this is the right movie? I'm like, yeah, no, it's no. so weird. Isn't like, it? It I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I think this is like a long opening setup type thing. 
and it just keeps going and going. She's like, are you sure? Are we watching the right movie? And uh, man, it's just, this movie is just creepy. It's creepy to me. There's some just phenomenal set pieces to it. Like all the people like moving as one when he gets to like out in the woods. You know, they're doing their like bonfire thing and they start doing like their marching and they start following. Like a lot of this stuff is just I know like the staging of it is something that I've I've missed in a lot of horror movies. I might I might want to rewatch this tonight actually because I have family visiting and they said that they wanted to watch a horror movie. Oh, which boy. you know that just I'm like, oh, well, what, what do I pick here? And I'm think I think that I'm going to choose the Empty Man. I think that this is a really good pick for that. It is. It is good. I do wonder how Bhutan feels about this movie as a whole. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they gotta be like, come on, man. <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> why? Why Bhutan? Why us? <laughs> What'd we do? You know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, okay, well, uh, we'll keep things really short. I didn't really see anything. So I watched, uh, I watched four movies that were, um, that I'm covering on say by the nineties, the ones that I mentioned at the top of the show. And that's pretty much all I watched. Uh, I've been in the middle of, yeah, I've been in the middle of moving. And so I haven't really had time to, to sit down and watch anything. I've been watching Tokyo vice, on HBO uh, Max, okay. and I'm pretty pretty into Tokyo Vice, and I've been watching Moon Knight also. So I've been kind of focusing on TV lately. So yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the other thing I saw was Kimmy the Soderbergh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and completely forgettable. I di- I didn't really enjoy that at all. It's I liked just, it. Kind of a, eh. at the end, I think it's another one of those like circumstances movie. Where I'm like, if I if I watched this during the the pandemic, you know, when I was holed up in my house for three months, I'd be like, hey, this is pretty, this is pretty good, all things considered. But now, you know, being out of it, I'm just like, oh, all right, that was glad you were able to keep yourself busy. <laughs> uh, another thing that's kind of short is I watched the first Resident Evil movie. You know, from 2002. I do. Evil. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And me and my wife decided to watch this because we were talking about Resident Evil. Because she beat Resident Evil 2 a couple years back. I never finished Resident Evil 2. Because I I became a Dark Souls person. You know, I hate to admit it, but I I also did not finish Resident Evil 2. I... Got very far, but I can't remember where I stopped. And I don't even know why I stopped, to be honest. Yeah. I think I stopped because Dark Souls 3 came in the mail. And I was like, I'll check this out. I'll flip-flop between the two. And I just never went back to Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. So we, find, we were like, oh, let's watch this. Resident Evil, let's check this out. And I gotta say, like, I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand people that are like this movie's that like absolutely phenomenal. But for me, like as a a video game movie, it's kind of what I want. Like, it feels like a video game, and it's like big and fun and entertaining. I mean, she like roundhouse kicks a dog through a window, zombie dog. Yeah, like 
that's what I want from movies. I want to do stuff you can't do. I want to see people running up a wall, spinning, kicking a dog square in the face, a zombie dog square in the face through a window. A couple of years ago, I went through the whole Resident Evil series <laughs> from beginning to end, and I loved it. Like, I had a great time with it. I think all the movies are bad, to be clear. Yeah. But I think that j- just rapid firing them, it's like they're just dumb fun. Like, you shouldn't take any of them seriously. I understand, like, the big complaints because Resident Evil is, you know, arguably one of the greatest survival. It's, it's really what defined the genre. You know, it wasn't the first survival harm game, but it's the one that kind of coined the term, really. Yeah. And it, it's a scary game. Like, it's a scary-ass game. Uh, and the movie is not at all. So I think that a lot of people, myself included, kind of yearn for a movie adaptation that's, like, on the same level of horror as yeah. the game. So I think that that's part of the problem. Is like... They turned it into an action movie instead of a horror movie. And I was kind of yeah. hoping that the new the new Resident Evil that came out last year was that, but it's it's not. It's it's just another one that's pretty bad. Maybe the uh Netflix series that's coming out I think this year will be the the horror one. I'd like I'd like for them to just redo uh or, or adapt Resident Evil 4, you know, like cuz cuz I think that that would be really interesting to see how they handle that rather than the, than the typical zombies do the crazy weird, like Eastern European cults and stuff. But I I think I'll probably uh, continue with the resident evils. I'm going to (laughs) definitely check out the site and we'll see how much they get worse and worse. I mean, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I kind of expect them to. You know what I mean? Judging from the first one, like it's probably downhill from here. But anyway, Uh, I also checked out uh, Joe Micklin Silver's Between the Lines from 1977. This is on Criterion. This is a kind of low stakes ensemble comedy, workplace comedy that's just fantastic. It's just a fantastic movie. It's just, it's kind of about, uh, it's about a, this like underground newspaper in Boston called the Back Bay Main Line. So it's all the people working at this paper between the writers and the photographers, all that. They work in this little dumpy office type thing. And uh, it's kind of coming to an end. And that's essentially what the movie is. is like people are just thinking about leaving, like it, the, the best days are behind it. They might the paper might be being sold to a, a new owner, and it, of course, what's going to happen there, that type of thing. But it's really just all these like little moments of this crew of people, some friends, some not, just working for this paper. And you got a lot of like early roles here. You got Jeff Goldblum in a really early role. You got John Hurd in like a super early role. Bruno Kirby. Like, just a bunch of people. And, like, it's just so, like, carefree. And it's just a really fun time. I was really surprised by this one. Yeah, I just added this to my watch list. This looks awesome. 
This yeah, looks this looks right up my alley. It's so good. Yeah, you're gonna love it because if you like that type of movie, you know the ensemble. I do. Like, yeah. Oh, and it was funny watching that somewhat recently after watching the French Dispatch, and it's just like, yeah, I don't. I know. <laughs> There's a part of me. It's like I need more ensemble quasi comedies about newspapers. <laughs> I don't know why, but it works. I like it. Uh, another horror movie is You Are Not My Mother by Kate Dolan. This is uh, North Dublin housing estate. Charles' mother disappears. She disappears for like a little bit. Just a touch. Like half a day. Maybe a quarter of a day. She disappears. And then she comes back. But guess what? Is she different? Did something happen? Is she herself? But they gave you some some small clues in the beginning that you know she she has trouble. She, she suffers from mental illness, so this might be just be more of the same, you know, par for the course. Or maybe something did happen. Uh, this is I actually kind of like this one a good bit, uh, especially the way that it ends. Because of what uh, the daughter ends up having to do, like, in order to... She essentially has to do something to save her mom. And when it plays into the idea of, like, is there something wrong with her? Or is she just having, you know, an episode or something like that? Uh, What happens, what transpires is really fucked up. And it's just a really disturbing movie. And I was quite surprised by it. This just, uh... This just came out, right? Yeah, right. I it think, looks like March twenty fifth. It came out. I think oh, it was. Yeah. Uh, I ran it on Amazon. That's where I saw it. Yeah, so this this is relatively new. It's God, pretty good. You it's know, pretty good. I feel like I saw this, but I cannot remember a single thing about it. I, this is so bizarre. Like I'm watching the trailer here, and like it looks familiar, but. I just cannot freaking remember anything that happens. Maybe I just saw the trailer. And it's like they have like the family has a history of like doing witchcraft. And like the town knows about it. So uh, that comes into play. And then like the the grandmother that lives with them is kind of controlling. So there's this this aspect of it of like, is she just trying to break free? from her family that's kind of like kind of controlling her or does she actually kind of need to be controlled? Yeah, it looks cool. I'm down. I'm down to check this out. And, uh, that's uh, the only other thing would be the night house, David Bruckner night house with Rebecca Hall, which was, it was all right. It felt a lot like I just, what was that movie invasion or something? Like the people break into the house and she ends up finding out a secret about her husband. This is kind of the same thing as if the husband's passed away mm-hmm. and she can't move on. He's like maybe haunting the house and then she I, starts finding out some stuff, some stuff out, some yeah. secrets. I thought this movie was really cool. I watched it on a plane. And, and, nice. I, and it, the funny thing was, so I watched it on a plane and I forgot the name of it. I liked it. I was like, oh man, that was really good. And then, like, a day later, I forgot the title. And for, like, the next 
two weeks, I was like trying to figure out what the hell movie it was that I saw until I finally found it again. But yeah, I, I like I liked this. I there was some some stuff that I liked, some of the stuff that I didn't like. I did, you know, when she starts getting out his because he's an architect, she starts getting out his books and seeing his like he's making like an opposite house. Mm, mm-hmm. like, I found that really interesting and everything that took place there, but like kind of the explanation that explains it all at the end, I just made no sense to me whatsoever. All right, let's talk about some of what's hitting theaters this week. Got a got a potentially biggie here. The Northman is coming out. I'm I don't know about you. I'm very excited for this one. Are you all about the Northman? Oh yeah. The Northman. Are you excited for it? Do you have any anticipation for the Northman? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say no. With it being Robert Eggers. I'm kind of like, mm, no thanks. Alexander Skarsgård? Mm, not really. Vikings. I just, I have no interest in Vikings. I don't know why. Mm, I like Viking stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I w- initially wasn't super into this. Like, I, I was like, yeah, you know, it looks all right. But then I think it was like the new trailer or whatever the last trailer was that came out that really sold me on it. And I was like, all right, all right. You have my attention now, Northman. We also have the bad guys coming out. That's the animated movie. And it also looks like the unbearable weight of massive talent is maybe getting a wider release. Okay. So it looks like that's hitting way more theaters on Friday. So stay tuned for that. I'm I'm excited about that one too. Hell yeah. I'm all about that one. All right. On VOD this week, let's see. The on the 19th we have Bloody Oranges. That is a very dark comedy that I did not enjoy at all. We have on the 22nd, we're all going to the World's Fair. We have Nine Bullets coming out. That looks like a uh, action thriller. We got Sexual Drive, It's an uh, which is an unconventional triptych, equal parts thriller, sex comedy, and gastronomy. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Follows the seemingly unconnected lives of three people around Japan and their appetites, both cu- culinary and carnal. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Right. I, see, I see what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, that's all I have for VOD. Uh, oh, wow. Well, let me check. Let me check Netflix real quick. See what, see, see what's dropping there. On the 19th. On Netflix, we have White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh, and then the... That's it. That's really it. Gotcha. All right. Blu-ray this week. We got Heavy Metal coming out in 4K. This is a double pack that has the original Heavy Metal from 1981 and then also Heavy Metal 2000. I was I liked Heavy Metal 2000 a lot, actually. And the the, the soundtrack, man... Hell of a soundtrack on that. Let's see. We got 
uh, In the Heat of the Night coming out in 4K. Uh, Night Creatures from 1962. Cabin in the Woods coming out in 4K. Uh, There's a, looks like some sort of box set from Arrow called Rogue Cops and Racketeers. Two crime thrillers from Enzo Castorelli. Nice. Uh, let's see, Jackass Forever, VHS 94, Cyrano from last year, Only Yesterday from 1991, The Humans from last year, uh, The Desperate Hour with Naomi Watts from last year, The Exorcism of God, Alive from tw- 2003. Remember that one? Kid the uh, Kid Amaro? Yeah. I really liked that movie and I really want to revisit that because it's been forever since I've seen it. I feel like I liked it, but I also don't remember. I'm yeah, sure I, re- I did. I remember thinking that it was awesome, but I'd like to revisit that. Mm, that's pretty much all I have. What about Criterions? Oh, we got we got two. We got a double. Frank Tashlin's The Girl Can't Help It. She just can't. Can't mm. help it. Mm. 1956. It's got, a, it's got all sorts of stuff on there. One of them being an interview with John Waters. Ooh. So you got that. You got Vittorio De Seca's uh, A Miracle in Milan. His mm. follow-up to Bicycle Thieves. 1951. Nice. P- so- pick those up. Yeah. Do it. You, you dummy. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a moment, consider giving us a review on iTunes. That would be very much appreciated. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.